You're listening to the Revolution Church Podcast. To learn more, including our gathering times in Crossville, Tennessee, visit us at CrossvilleRevolution.com. Well, uh, we're in week number five of a sermon series called Church on the Move. And uh, we're in this series because of what I just told you about, that we are literally moving as a church. We are transitioning from our mall campus here, and we're moving in. Uh, to the old Rocky Top 10 Theater, this uh, new facility that God has given us. And we just felt the need to, before we move, make sure we do some vision casting, making sure that we're all on the same page. Because if you've ever moved before, you know that moving is very difficult. Uh, You could move into a new house that's even better than the one you're in, and that move is difficult. You'll fuss, you'll fight, you'll turn on the people that you love the most. How many of y'all know what you're talking about? You and your spouse like fuss about everything, you know what I mean? And so we just want to make sure that we know why we're doing this, uh, who we're doing this for, why we're moving into this facility and what the future holds for Revolution Church. Today, I'm going to preach a sermon that I have never preached before. And honestly, I've never heard preached before. I've heard a lot of sermons where pastors are encouraging young people to stay involved, but I haven't heard a lot of sermons uh, where a pastor encourages the more seasoned people to stay involved, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 14, and we are going to continue speaking about what we started with last week, talking about the literal transition of God's people when they were set free from slavery in Egypt. And remember last week we were in Exodus 14. We talked about the parting of the Red Sea. And now they reach a place where they're at the edge of what's called the promised land that God has promised them, but they're not sure whether or not they should go in. Well, when this happens, I'll review this here in just a minute. Moses sends 12 spies into this promised land. You probably know the story. And probably the most famous of the spies besides Joshua is a man by the name of Caleb. In Joshua 14, Caleb is 85 years old. He was 40 when he spied the land out. And in Joshua 14, we're going to see Caleb as an older man do three things. Look at the past, look at the present, and look at the future. He's going to look back carefully at what God has really brought him through. He's going to look around at where God has brought him to. And then Caleb is going to look ahead courageously at what God still wants to do in his life and how God wants to use him. The name of my sermon today is Gray Hairs Needed. Gray Hairs Needed. Raise your hand in here. If you got gray hair, raise your hand, raise your hand. Man, look at that, y'all. Everybody thinks Revolution Church is just a bunch of kids running around. But when Pastor Brandon preached his sermon a couple weeks ago, I came in the second service, and the first thing I said to my wife was, I can't believe how many gray-headed people there are and bald-headed people too. You know what I'm saying? Like, that there are. Now, the reality is we got more gray-headed people than the ones that raise their hand because some of y'all dye your hair. Raise your hand if you're sitting next to somebody. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Hopefully after today's encouragement, in, in a spiritual sense, we'll say, maybe in a physical sense too, 
You will never seek to dye your hair again, so to speak, as we encourage you through God's word and talk about how the gray hairs are needed desperately in the church, desperately. Let's start in Joshua chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 6. Are y'all still with me? Say, I am. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of, and I'm going to try to say these names, but you can't say them either, just like I always say, so don't judge me, okay? Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, you know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my own convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Here Caleb is looking back. Specifically, the biblical reference is to Numbers chapter 13 and Numbers chapter 14, where once again, Moses sent 12 spies, picked one person from every tribe of the Israelites and sent 12 spies into the promised land. Two of them, two of them that you know, Joshua and Caleb, came back with a positive report and 10 of them came back with a negative report. The majority report or the negative report can be summarized in Numbers chapter 13, verses 31 through 33, when 10 of the spies came back and they said this about the land God had promised the people. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there were of great size. To this day, rabbis still practice a day of fasting called Tish Abuv. And it is a day of fasting known as the day of weeping and misfortune due to the report from the spies that God was setting them up for failure and defeat. God did not look favorably on this report. In fact, so much so that the, you, the word that's used for report when it comes to the majority report here, the negative report, is a word that could also be translated evil tongue. So this report was from an evil tongue, or it could be translated slander. Notice that with the 10 spies that came back with a negative report, their focus was completely on their flesh. They didn't say anything about how God told us this, God promised this, God said this. It was all what we saw, what we felt, what we want, and our desires. Well, then we see the minority report. And it can be best summarized in Numbers chapter 14, this positive report that Joshua and mainly Caleb give when they say the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the, Listen to the change in the language. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flown with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. Notice the difference. Caleb's focus was on the Lord and what he said and what he promised. 
His focus is on what God sees, what God wants, what God desires. Now, my first point is be a dog, not a goat for a reason. Everybody find somebody around you and say, what's up, dog? You know, what's up, dog? So we use this language in Crossville all the time, homie, dog, all that stuff, right? If you look at the names of the 12 spies, we've got a list of the names of the 12 spies. Of course, there's Joshua, there's Caleb. But this first name right here, Gadiel, that starts with a G, translated means goat of God or goat, in other words. Well, the name Caleb has some meanings as well. And you've probably heard a sermon preached on Caleb where a preacher has told you that the name Caleb translated means faithful. It means wholehearted. It means bold. It means brave. And it can mean those things, but most likely what Caleb's name translated actually means is dog. Dog. We need you to be a dog, not a goat. Gray hairs. Is everybody with me? Don't let this insult you. Know where I'm going with this. We need you to be a Caleb, not a negative reporting spy. We don't want you to be a slanderer. Caleb's not complaining. Caleb's not fussing. Caleb wants what God wants. I listened to a, a pastor that's older preach on Joshua chapter 14. And uh, what he said about this, uh, again, this is his words. This is not my words, so don't email me, okay? He said, and this was an older gentleman that said this, you have to be careful when you get older because when you get older, you tend to get crustier was the word he used, crustier. In other words, you want things the way you want them. You know what you like, and that's the way you want things to go. Skip Heitzig says about this passage, as you get older, you can't get more concerned about your personal comfort instead of others' eternal comfort. You need to be a Caleb. That phrase, wholeheartedly sold out to God. I heard about this guy who uh, broke down on the side of the road and a tow truck came uh, to get his car and take it home for him. And the tow truck hooked the guy's car up and the guy asked the tow truck driver, can I just ride in my car as you tow me home? And the tow truck driver said, sure, ride in your car, no big deal. Well, they're driving to his house. The tow truck is pulling the car behind him and they get to this huge hill. And the tow truck struggles to get up this hill, almost overheats the tow truck. He gets to the top and to allow it to cool down, turns the tow truck off, gets out, goes behind, looks at the guy sitting in his car that he's towing and says, man, I didn't think we were going to make it up that hill. The guy in the car says, I didn't think we were either. That's why I had the brakes on the whole time. Hey, gray hairs. You may call them blue hairs. That's a reference to when old ladies would dye their hair and they'd do it wrong and it would turn it blue, you know? We don't need you to hold the brakes as we're trying to climb up this hill. Does that make sense to everybody? Be careful. 
be careful. Don't be a goat. Be a dog. We'll continue to unpack really what that means as we continue. Let's go to verse 9. Y'all still with me? Say, I am. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance. And then listen to what he says. And that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Number two, and I don't want this to sound overdramatic, but to the gray hairs in here, we need you to think about the children. This just sounds so dramatic. Think about the children. You know what I mean? But like think about the children. What did he say here? And that of your children forever. You know, I like sports and uh, I watch all kinds of sports. I watch all the major sports. I don't watch much hockey, but I've noticed this about sports, that a team can have some of the greatest young talent that there is, but they can lose every game if they don't have leadership in the locker room that typically comes from veterans that have played a long time. You can have a sports team that has got the best young talent that is available, but without someone with maturity, without what they call, if you listen to sports shows, veterans, they can't stay focused. They get themselves in trouble. Selfishness comes into play. I've noticed over 10 years of pastoring this church that it's the same thing with a church. If a church is all young people and we completely leave out older generations and say, God's done with you, more on that in a minute, Uh, we're just going to do this young, sexy thing to reach the next generations, then we inevitably get immature and we can't stay focused. Your church needs you, gray hairs. We need you. We need you to be that presence in the locker room that keeps us on track. Because one thing's for sure, we got to get all generations involved in this. If a sports team has all old crafty veterans, they probably don't win because they don't have any athleticism. But if they have all young athletic people, they probably don't win because they don't have the maturity. Does this make sense to everybody? Say amen. We need everybody. We need everybody. If you're struggling about whether or not I'm referring to you, um, if you're a gray hair or not, then this may help you. You remember the things I'm getting ready to show you. Now, if you don't know what these things are, we're not going to tell you, okay? But does anybody remember? Go ahead and put that first one up. You remember what those are? Does anybody in here know what those are? Does anybody know what that is? And everybody had the exact same set, didn't they? The exact same, or your grandparents had them. If you don't know what that is, we're not telling you, okay? Okay, you used them like at Christmas, right? And that was about it, okay? How about this? Does anybody know what this is? Do y'all know what this is? Raise your hand if you know what this is, okay? You might not know what the, if you don't know what this is, you've never used this, then this sermon, like you're off our back kind of, you know what I mean? But like, But if you do know what this is, I'm probably talking to you today. Hit the next one. Hit the next one. Anybody know what that is? Mmm. Got some old school people in here. Had to make your own juice, didn't you? Okay. Anybody know what that is? 
Let me explain, okay? I'm gonna tell you what this is. Young people in here, back in the day, when you looked for a phone number, you were like gonna order pizza, you had to go get a phone book, and that's what that is. And you had to look up the P's and make sure you were calling the right, we couldn't just Google it. Amen, right, y'all? And so, couldn't just order it through the app. You had to go through this long, drawn-out, pro- and the P section was actually on our refrigerator. Anybody else, you, you ripped out the pizza section and had it on the fridge? And so, so yeah, hit the next one. Anybody know what this is? You know what that's for? Ladies in here? Nail polish and pantyhose? I didn't know what that was for, thank goodness. Does that make you feel better about your pastor? My wife told me. She was like, oh, yeah, that, I know what that's for. Nail polish and pantyhose. Back in the day, we got a couple more. Hit the next one. I know what those are. You light them all on fire, blow them up in the bathroom. Your parents would almost kill you. You remember this one? Remember when them springs would get a hold of you and pitch you? Your hair would get caught in it? Y'all remember? A lot of people in here don't know what those things are, have no clue what they are. Experts say that those that are born after 2014 will never know what CDs are. They'll never go to a post office. They'll never come in contact with a bank teller. They'll never know what a paper statement is. Born after 2014, you probably won't know what cable TV is. They'll never use a landline. Probably won't even have car keys because it'll all be done through their phone. They're probably never going to walk into a bookstore. They're never going to use a fax machine. Never going to set a thermostat. Never going to use cursive writing. And the question the gray hairs have to wrestle with today, and I'm one of you. I got it in my beard right here and my head. It seems to have fast-forwarded the last 10 years when I've been pastoring y'all, but I don't know what that's about. The question we have to wrestle with is, are they going to know what going to church is? Are they going to know what a relationship with the one true God is? Are they going to know where true fulfillment can be found? Are they going to find community with a group of believers that love Jesus and love them and want what's best for them? We got to think of the children. Number three, out of this passage we just read, I want to encourage the gray hairs in here to finish well. Finish well. This phrase you hear over and over about Caleb At 85, and you heard the exact same phrase back in Numbers when he was 40 years old, he loved and followed the Lord his God wholeheartedly. At 85 years old, Caleb is still just as on fire for God as he was 45 years earlier. Finish well. Notice Caleb gives an honest assessment of his age but he doesn't let his age hold him back. In the same statement, he gives a confident declaration of who his God is. Finish well. What am I saying? Gray hairs at Revolution Church 
should lead the way. We need you to lead. We need you to lead the way in encouragement. We need you to lead the way in prayer. We need you to lead the way in serving. We need you to lead the way in generosity. We need you to lead the way in loving people that look nothing like us. Lead the way. What's some of the things we talked about during this series? We're all greeters. We need you to lead the way in being greeters. We need you to lead the way in being willing to give your seat up. We need you to lead the way in setting the example for us. We need you to lead the way in setting the tone at Revolution Church. We need you to lead the way in going all in with the vision at Revolution Church so that we can reach Cumberland County in the state of Tennessee for Jesus. I love what one theologian said. He said something to the effect of Caleb's, and this was his opinion, but Caleb's greatest quality was not his faith. It was his willingness for 45 years up to this point to follow as Joshua led, to sit in the back seat, to champion the vision, to get on board with where Joshua was leading the people. And that's what we need from you guys. Makes sense to everybody say amen. Let's continue. Two more points. Y'all still with me? Say I am. Verse 10 continues. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. 85 years old. If you're looking for the fountain of youth, I'm getting ready to read it to you, okay, y'all? 85, it's not in a drug, it's not in a supplement, it's not in a workout plan. Listen to what this says. 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Big point, gray hairs, listen up. Here it is. God is not done with you. If God's not done with Caleb at 85 years old, God is not done with you no matter how old you are. God is not done with you. I heard a comedian this week talking about how you know you're old. You know you're old when you're asleep and people are worried that you're dead. Amen, y'all? You know you're old when your back goes out more often than you do, right? (laughs) You know you're old when you quit trying to hold your stomach in no matter who walks in the room, right? You know you're old when you're sitting in a rocker and you can't get it started. You know you're old, and this is what's happening to me, when your ears are hairier than your head. Well, I'm here today to tell you that no matter how old you are, even if you know you're old, God is not done with you yet. I was trying to figure out how to preach this sermon because obviously I'm at a weird age where I'm 43 and to young people, I'm the old guy. Uh, But to you guys that are much more seasoned in life, if I say I'm old at 43 years old, you just laugh at me. You're just like, oh yeah, right. You ain't old, shut up, you know? And so so I can't really relate to you and I would never want to insult you by saying I could relate to you if you're older in here. And so this week I called my dad and my dad, what, 92, dad, 92 years old, 72, I'm sorry, 72. (laughs) I called my dad though 
I was telling my kids it was his birthday last week, and I was like, Pop's 92. And they called and said, are you 92? He's like, jeez, y'all, how old do you think I am? But uh, 72 years old and recently retired, he's had a few challenging years with open heart surgery, several surgeries, uh, lots of health stuff, uh, cancer, uh, different things. And you guys, of course, have been praying for some of those things that knew about those. And I just wanted to, like, try to hear from someone that is more seasoned, that, that does have that full head of gray hair, that could speak to, you know, Dad, what happens as you get older? And he gave me these nuggets of wisdom just that are, that are so good. He said, when you get older, you feel threatened because you feel like you're losing everything. You feel like you're losing your rights. You, you're losing your money. You lose your health. Your, your health. And the thing about losing it is you have no control over it. You know, it's not like you can just go get a job and make a whole bunch more money because you might not be able to because of your health. Your health starts to deteriorate and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. And so it's really hard. You, you start to lose people is one thing he said. You know, friends start to pass away or get immobile and can't hang out with you as much. And even family members, he talked about how family members and loved ones maybe don't call you as much, don't come around as much for whatever reason. Maybe it's because you're not as fun as you used to be or you don't do as much as you used to. So so it can get lonely. He said something that I thought was very, just uh, such a great nugget of wisdom that I never even would have thought about. He said, you know, I've realized that as you get older, you're not the leader of the family anymore. And so you're not really helping people make decisions anymore. They're kind of doing their own thing. Your kids are making their own decisions and they don't need you. And maybe they don't reach out as much as you'd like or as much as you want them to. Maybe you planned on a big retirement, uh, but that gets ruined because you're having health complications. You can't travel like you planned or you just don't have enough money to be able to retire. Or you're taking care of a sick loved one, your mom, your dad, or something like that. And it just kind of throws your plans into a tailspin, but he said this. This was the last thing. I just let him talk. I was just writing down notes, just letting him talk. And at the end of it all, this is what he said. The key when you're getting older is realizing you still have a lot to give. The key is to stay involved in a church and stay involved in places where you recognize you are useful because you have so much knowledge and so much wisdom. No matter how, how much physically you ail, maybe you can't bend over like you used to or you're not as uh, dexterous, whatever that word is, as you used to be. You have knowledge. You have wisdom. You have so much to offer. In other words, God is not done with you. Is everybody with me? Say amen. He said this phrase, when you're green, you grow, but when you're ripe, you rot. In other words, when you're green, when you're still learning, when you're still trying to grow in your relationship with God, when you're still involved in a church, trying to help push the kingdom forward, man, you're growing. But when you're ripe, when you get to a place where you feel like I've arrived, I really can't do much more, I've done everything I can do, that's when you rot. For the gray hairs in here, I'm getting ready to give you three verses. You're going to get a tattoo, get one of these verses tattooed on your arm. I don't know why it's funny to tell the old people if you're going to get a tattoo, but here they are, Proverbs 16, 31. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained 
in a righteous life. You made it to 85? You made it to 72, Dad? You're doing something right. You're doing something right. And we need to know what that is. Proverbs 20, 29. The glory of young men is in their strength, but the splendor of old men is their gray hair. Next time I'm at the gym, some young person is deadlifting or squatting a whole bunch of weight. I'm just going to walk up to him and be like, that's pretty impressive, but uh, look at this gray right here. You ain't got that, loser, you know? This is my glory right here. Y'all with me? In a culture, and let's be honest, where everything has to be young, everything, and the church has bought into this. Some of y'all been in churches where they've looked at you and said, we need you to just sit down and be quiet. Just give us all your money. We're going to let the young people lead. You know what I'm saying? You find this nowhere in Scripture. Nowhere in Scripture. Thanks, everybody. Isaiah 46, 4. Even to your old age, I am he, and to gray hairs, I will carry you. In other words, God's not done with you yet. No matter how old you get, God's carrying you, and he's not done with you yet. Let's finish this up. Y'all still with me? Say, I am. Verse 12, this is what Caleb says, and I love this. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Caleb obviously knows that the only reason he's going to overtake this land that God had promised him as he looks forward here is the Lord's going to give it to him. Now understand this. When the Israelites, God's people, heard the report of the 10 spies, the majority report, and compared it to the report of Joshua and Caleb, the minority report, they believed the majority report. When they did that, God said, every single adult that's a part of the nation of Israel now is going to be dead before we enter the promised land, except for Caleb and Joshua. They're the only two that God allowed from that generation to go into what God had promised that generation. In verses 12, we have no indication that Caleb went and took over this land from these armies and these people by himself. What does that mean? Caleb goes into battle to fight this war and take this land God has promised him with the next generation in tow. He goes with the next generation. Last point is, let's take the hill together. It's not just one generation that's going to do this. It's going to take every single one of us. At Revolution Church, we are multi-generational and we love it. We were at our staff retreat a few weeks ago 
and we were asking how old everybody was. And in the room, there were six different generations. And technically, there were seven because one young lady was pregnant in the room, okay? And we count that, okay? So like seven generations just at our staff retreat, probably seven or eight generations attend Revolution Church, are involved in Revolution Church every single week. It's going to take every single one of us to take the hill. This is completely New Testament too, by the way. If you remember in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, which was quoting Joel 2, verse 28, it says this. We love this verse, very inspiring verse, but listen to the specifics of it. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Everybody say, all people. What does that mean? Well, now we're going to get specific. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. So God's not just saying the men are going to be used. Ladies, you got a part in this too. That's another sermon for another time, and God wants to use you. But then he also talks about different generations. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. It takes the youngins, and it takes the old ones. Is everybody with me? It takes the blonde hairs and the dark hairs, and then it takes who, y'all? The gray hairs. It takes every single one of us, and it's going to take every single one of us to get through this move and to continue to reach Cumberland County and the state of Tennessee. I want every single person in here that has gray hair to stand up right now. If you got gray hair, stand up right now. I said 65 and older last service, but it just didn't seem right. We needed to go, look at all these gray-haired people, y'all. Come on, let's give it up. Come on. Stay standing up. Stay standing up because here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray this scripture over you. Let's pray, Lord. I thank you for every single person that is standing in my presence right now. God, thank you for sending the older generations to Revolution Church. God, we can't do it without them. This church would not exist without them. Somebody was asking me a few weeks ago, did you start with a bunch of, a bunch of young people? I said, no, man. Uh, we had uh, Miss, uh, uh, Miss Teeple that was... 90 years old that was part of our core group here at Revolution Church, and we could not have done it without. She gave this church legitimacy. People saw a young, crazy preacher like me, and then they saw her and said, man, if she's there, there must be something to it. So thank you for the gray hairs at Rev Church. God, I pray for every single gray-haired person in here. God, that if they feel like their life is coming to an end and you're done with them, that that thought would leave their mind and they would know today that you are not done with them. You want to use them. You have a purpose for them and they are supposed to lead the way at Revolution Church. I pray, God, that as we get older and we get more set in our ways and we get, as, as Skip Heitzig said, a little crustier, God, that you would help us to have a supernatural grace to be able to love the next generation when they're walking in with their pants hanging down and they got their blue hair 
and all the things that we don't understand, God, just give us a measure of grace by the power of your Holy Spirit to love them the way you want us to love them and to reach them. God, we pray that you would use us to leave a legacy so that when we're dead and gone, uh, Lord, what we've done will still be impacting the next generation. We love you. You are awesome. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. We love you. If you're encouraged by today's message, be sure and rate us and subscribe on iTunes.